This is the Quinnipiac Bobcats Sports Network, Mic'd Up. Point you said. Presented by 98.1 WQAQ. Austin left hand in the score! Frog Austin for the Bobcats! With hard-hitting analysis across all things Quinnipiac sports. Driving. Oh, what a move! Showtime, Savion! Recording in the CCE Podcast Studio. Welcome to the second episode of Miked Up, a QBSN podcast presented by WQAQ 98.1. I'm your host, Noah Epstein, joined by Keith Savage. QBSN is usually the one doing the play-by-play, writing recap articles, making magazines, or doing social media content, but now it is expanding for members to get a little more opinionated. On Miked Up, QBSN members will talk about the current state of Bobcats athletics. Now let's get right into it. After finishing their season at 9-9 in the MAC, the Quinnipiac volleyball team will play Marist in the MAC tournament Friday night. If they win, they move on to the next round, which will take place on Saturday. The Bobcats have played Marist twice this season and have lost both games. They're also 3-16 all-time against Marist. Keith, how can the team overcome their struggles against the Red Foxes on Friday? Come down, it comes down to one player. It's their leader, Nicole Legg, all-MAC first team. No other Bobcats all Mac first, second, or third team. It was Leg. She is the leader of this team. If they need to if they want to win a playoff game, it comes down to her. She's one of the best at doing kill shots. It's all up to her. She does has one of her best games. She's going to win. The team's going to win. They're gonna move on to the second round. Now, Keith, here here's the fact. Marist has simply outplayed Quinnipiac this season. And when you look at it, uh, when they played each other, they have more blocks than Quinnipiac. They outblocked Quinnipiac 14 to 5 in their first match and 15 to 6 in their second match. Marist has also had the ability to go on long runs against Quinnipiac. Uh, they went on in the first match the two teams played against each other. They went on a 14 to 3 run, 13 to 6 run, and a 15 to 6 run against the Bobcats. However, Quinnipiac battled way more in the second match than in the first match. They were down two sets to nothing and came back to tie it at two. Maggie Baker had 16 kills. Nicole Legg, like you mentioned, she had 14 kills and 10 blocks in the match. They certainly put Maris to the test, and it'll be interesting to see if their in-game success from November 6th will contribute to the game Friday night. It's definitely going to be a big see if you can do, because 0-2, you make that 1-2, but it rarely matters. Yeah, so... In their last match of the season, the team blew a two-sets-to-nothing lead over Iona and lost 3-2 to two in New Rochelle. So what might that mean for the team, you know, momentum-wise going forward? Mainly just stay, stay calm, keep you cool. This is a good team. Two games before they beat Siena, you beat Manhattan. Like we said, Maris, they almost beat, and they lost 3-2. to two. Keep you, Calm down, keep you cool. You could have a chance of beating Maris. Which I don't see it happening, but it will be a big upset if the Quinnipiac Bobcats can do it. But we'll have to wait and see this. they got to play their game. It definitely will be. Uh, out of 18 MAC matches that Quinnipiac has played in this year, only two of the matches went five sets long, Keith. One was the blown lead against Iona, and the other was the loss against Marist on November 6th in their second match against them this year. So that means that Quinnipiac's only wins against MAC opponents have come in four sets or less which means that success early on is huge for the team momentum-wise. They really can't afford to lose two sets as they've only won when losing zero or one sets to a team. Yeah, you, you can. you got to go early. You need the momentum to start with. Late momentum, even though Iona got that in the last game, the early momentum is the biggest part of this game. So who do you think needs to step up most in the MAC tournament? 
I think it comes down to Maggie Baker. She's basically the second option on this team to get kill shots in. If she steps up and Nicole Light has one of her best games, I don't see this team losing. But that's the hard part. Can they both have some of the best games when it matters the most? We'll have to wait and see. I'm going to agree with you there on Maggie Baker. Maggie Baker had 4.06 kills per set in the spring of 2021, and now 2.73 kills per set this season. She's a senior. She's a leader of this Bobcats team, and they really needed her to step up if they want to advance in this tournament. Definitely going to be a huge part. All right, let's move on to Bobcats hockey. We'll start with women's hockey. Last Saturday, Quinnipiac lost its first game of the season after 13 straight games without a loss to start the year. The team is now ranked number six in the USCHO poll. How have they been so successful? Simple. Goalkeeping. They have basically three different goalies that go in, but overall, they have been phenomenal, only giving up 1.2 goals per game. Opponents, they score on average 3.3 goals per game. That defense is just amazing. If you can keep up this great defense against some of the top teams, like what they did against Princeton, they lost one nothing. One nothing, it was one goal. The defense is the biggest part of this team. Yeah, I mean, Corinne Schroeder, six goals allowed, 166 saves made, Keith. <laughs> that is crazy. And also, the Bobcats are out shooting their opponents 38.1 to 20.5. In shots per game they're creating more shot opportunities which leads to more scoring opportunities and that's the reason for leading in goals 47 to 17 against opponents this season and like you said credit their defense uh their defense is not allowing nearly as many shots from their opponents uh they're not allowing many shots through to the net and you know that creates way less scoring opportunities for their opponents indeed the zach stab with 587 times going to pick a shot the opponents haven't shot more than 300 shots it's just nuts. <laughs> Do you expect the Bobcats' success to continue? I expect the success to continue, but it's a big part. Is the, they need to improve in the power plays on offense. They don't score that much when it comes down there. Only 13% of the times this season they have scored from the power play. If you want to beat these top teams, like before Shadow Soon and the Colgate, if you want to beat them, when you get those power plays opportunity, you need to score. So I agree with you. It is going to be really tough. And you mentioned the power play. Also, it's going to be tough because five ECAC hockey teams rank in the top 10 in the USCHO poll. Now, that includes number five, Colgate, number seven, Clarkson, number nine, Yale, and number 10, Princeton. Quinnipiac already lost to Princeton. That was their one loss on the season. And they will play Colgate, Clarkson, and Yale at least once each during the rest of the season. So that's why I think it's it's going to be really tough for the Bobcats to continue winning and winning and winning like they have. They have a little bit of a tough stretch down the line. They have a huge game against Colgate on Saturday, and it's going to be a big test for this team. Yeah, big time. So what are you looking for heading into the Colgate game on Saturday? Well, going into the Colgate game, you just played a top team anyways against Princeton, so they have, they have that experience now, a little experience that we talked about where now... Like I said, volleyball, you got to calm down, keep it cool. It's top teams. You don't want to rush it. I see them winning one of the games this weekend, but it's not going to be a blow either way. I think it's going to be very competitive, but low scoring, even though the Bobcats score over three goals a game, it's going to be low, and I see something like two to one or two to nothing. But overall, they need the power plays to go in. You know, history is not on the Bobcats' side when they play in Hamilton, New York, at Colgate. Quinnipiac has lost its last six games away at Colgate, their last win in January of 2017. 
Uh, Quinnipiac has also only won two of its last 11 games against Colgate in general. Uh, Colgate outshoots. It's it's interesting. I saw this, Keith. So Colgate outshoots its opponents even more than Quinnipiac. 37.1 to 18.6 shots per game. So it's very similar how these two how these two teams play. So that's going to be very interesting to watch out for on Saturday. Yeah, that's a wait and see. <laughs> All right, let's stick with hockey, but now move on to the Quinnipiac men's team. The Bobcats are coming off a weekend sweep of Arizona State, and just like the women's team, have only lost one game this season. Keith, let's talk a little bit about the results resiliency of this team. They were down 3-0 in Game 1 against ASU, down 1-0 in Game 2, and they won both of the games. How important has resiliency been for them, and how important will it be in the near future? Well, gotta think this. 3-0. In a hockey game, that is extremely difficult to come back from. Overall, that is a huge confidence booster just to win games. And now, they're ranked high for a reason. They are not going. They are not going to be a first round exit going to next season. Going to this season like they were last year. I just see them keeping their confidence and winning games. Yeah, I mean Wyatt Bongiovanni and Ty Smolanich each scored two goals in Game One. Oliver Chow had the hat trick in Game Two, his first hat trick of his career. The team clearly doesn't give up, and you know the Bobcats play behind great goaltending as well. Uh, Yaniv Perret and Dylan Saint Cyr, Perret's was the ECAC goalie of the week. Uh, he was voted that on November 8th after the Yale and Brown shutouts. So Quinnipiac, just like the women's team, great goaltending on this men's team. What have Peretz and St. Cyr meant to the team? Everything. Peretz, I think, is the better goalie than St. Cyr, but they're both amazing. Peretz, before going to the game, he was allowing less than one goals. Now he's allowing 1.08 goals per game. But Perret is going to be the guy who also decides if they win or lose. Another part, too, they have been amazing on the power plays defensively. Opponents only scored 8.8% of the times, 3 of the 34 times. Perret's 5-0-1 on the season with three shutouts. St. Cyr has a 9.06 save percentage in five starts for the Bobcats. Now, Keith, I said it already. They've only lost one game this year. The Bobcats have a record of 9-1-2. They're ranked fifth nationally. What have been the keys to success so far for them outside of goaltending? Again, just the power plays, overall offensive and defensively, where they're scoring more than 10% of the time on offense, where defense, they're able to lock things down. Against good opponents, they're going to keep this up. This team is special. I see them frozen for 04, maybe, but it's going to be just outside. But you never know with this Bobcats team. The star so far, definitely for them, has been Zach Metza. 11 assists and two goals to equal 13 points. To put that in perspective, Bon Giovanni and Chow have four assists compared to Metza's 11 assists. Uh, Metza also has a plus 13, plus minus. And you mentioned the power play. It's definitely been a success so far for this team. They have seven power play goals compared to their opponent's three power play goals. They also have less penalties than their opponents, 44 compared to their opponent's 63 penalties. They have a really good face-off win percentage at 585. It's all about the small things with this team, Keith. Definitely. It's going to be why they can win games and stay as one of the top-ranked teams in the country. They play Clarkson tomorrow, which is Friday, and St. Lawrence on Saturday. But now, moving on from one People's United Center sport to another, let's talk some basketball, Keith. The women's basketball team beat Army on Thursday night, 75-56. to How can they take the momentum from this game into the matchup with number four Indiana on Saturday? All comes down to the Rainy Mac play of the year, Mackenzie Dewey. 
Indiana's the toughest match that they've had in a few years. Indiana's an amazing team. They were supposed to play UConn last year, but due to COVID, they could not face them. But beating Indiana, is, it's unlikely to happen. Even the close is going to boost the momentum of the team. But Mackenzie Dewey's Michaela Moyers are looking like a deadly one-two combo that can definitely be a real threat going into MAC play in the near future. So you mentioned Mackenzie DeWeese, obviously, averaging 18 points per game so far this season. She averaged 12.5 points per game last year and was the MAC Player of the Year, like you said. Can she win the MAC Player of the Year again this season? I think it's possible, but I, I recently wrote a feature about Mackenzie DeWeese, and to me, she told me so many times, she says, basically is, all I want to do is win a MAC championship. That's all she wants. She wanted her freshman year. But now she wants to win her senior season with Mac Play of the Year. She's not really thinking about that. It's possible her stats, she's been keeping up. Most the most crazy stats so far in the year. She's had five steals in every single game. Six steals since her Connecticut, but three games in doing that. And she also averages eight rebounds. She's not one of the tallest on, on the court at any time where she's going to keep it up. She's going to be a superstar where going to win it twice Mac Play of the Year. It's possible, but she's more focused on winning that championship. Well, she has typically been more of a disher, usually more of an assist getter than a point getter. 98 assists in the 2019-2020 season, 54 assists in the 21 games played last year. And she is, as I already said, scoring a bit more so far this year. She, As you said, eight rebounds so far, five steals a game. So Deweese definitely could be in contention for another MAC Player of the definitely. Year. You have a bold prediction, Keith, for the for how they finish in the MAC. I have a big time bold prediction. Ooh, I think they are going to finish 19 and one in MAC play. But the, who they're going to lose to is Manhattan. Manhattan is a very good squad, but I get even more bold than that. They're going to win the MAC. They're going to not win one March Madness game. They're going to win two. They're going to move on to the Sweet 16. But they haven't done it in a few seasons. This team is special. Deweese, her senior year. The superstar Michaela Morris is going to take that jump into stardom. Raina Mack, defensive player of the year. Unrated pickup, too, is Mackenzie Helms, a transfer. She's now a sophomore. And Rose Caverly is going to continue to be the best three point shooter on this team. The team has great depth. The team is going to be fun to watch. And six, excuse me, sweet 16 is in the near future. All right, you heard it here first. Keith Savage predicting the Quinnipiac women's basketball team will make it to the sweet 16 after going 19-1 and in MAC play. Now, we'll stay right here with basketball and move on to Baker Dunleavy's squad. The men's team lost the first game of the season against Maryland, but since have wins against Western New England and Holy Cross. Keith, what could you take away from the win against Holy Cross after the loss to a ranked opponent and the win against a Division Three team. The thing that's been most surprising to me is they've been amazing at cutting to the hoop. Kevin Marfo has been passing the standard three-point line. It's just seeing somebody who cuts and been able to get that almost every time. Him and Tamu Chenry have a special connection. And overall, they haven't had one straight superstar on the team. Matt has been certainly doing very good, but he hasn't been the number one option. It's been a whole, the whole team just playing great where I'm surprised so far, but it's going to come down when you play better opponents, see how good the team can really do. Yeah, Keith, I, for one, was definitely impressed with the win they had over Holy Cross. I mean, they were down by five at halftime. They they took a nine-point lead in the first four minutes of the second half. Desi Jones and Kevin Marfa were huge, huge reasons why. Uh, Very, very dominant one-two duo that we saw against Holy Cross. 
the Bobcats looked very impressive against a team that's really supposed to be on their level. And you could see it, Keith, their, their ability to move off ball, wait for cuts inside. You'd have Marfo standing at the three-point line. Uh, you'd have Jacob Bergoni standing at the three-point line. And just off-ball screens to have their teammates cut inside. Chenery, a lot of times, would just cut inside, and it would really, really pay off for them. Yeah, Baker Dunleavy, he doesn't like all those on-ball screens, but he loves them off-ball screens. The only time they set an on-ball screen, I'm pretty sure, was Kevin Marfone was called an illegal screen, and they never went back to it, so it was mostly all off-ball. This team is also playing very unselfish basketball. 60 of their 90 made shots so far in the season are on assists. Very, very impressive. And Mac play obviously means more in terms of standings, but... The reason why I'm very impressed with the win and why it means a lot is because it's still huge to get the win and have momentum going into Saturday's game against an 0-4 CCSU team that, you know, maybe they can make them go 0-5 and and become 3-1 on the season. Oh, yeah, they definitely want to win that game. There's no question of Quinnipiac. If they win by over, excuse me, if they win by less than 20, it's a disappointment. Central Connecticut State isn't a great team. You get everybody going. Time with Chenery's, he's still young, he's a sophomore. He's, he could end up being one of the best players on this team by the end of the season. Have him get more of a groove. Or he's amazing on defense, but offense, he missed two alley-oop dunks. I don't think he got in his head, but still get his momentum going. And who knows what this team could do. But Central Connecticut State should be an easy win, like it was Western New England. So let's talk about Jacob Rigoni for a second. Uh, Rigoni is shooting 7 of 23 from the field and 5 of 19 from three-point range. Are you concerned at all with Rigoni's slow start to the season? I'm not concerned at all. Rigoni knows his role. He's a three-point shooter. It happened last season, too. He had a slow start, but he was able to build that back up. He's not the guy who's going to kill you off the dribble. He might get you in the post a few times, but... He knows his role. He's a spot-up shooter. He's going to find that. He's only going to start hitting in the near future. Once he gets his crew back when Mac play comes, he's going to be a guy you can trust to score 10 points per game. Yeah, he still hasn't scored in double digits while shooting a lot so far, but I'm also not too concerned. Uh, Rigoni's shots will start falling, and he's still playing good basketball where it doesn't show up necessarily show up on the stat sheet. He's uh, executing off-ball screens. He's having very smart passes. He always seems to show off his high basketball IQ. And let's be honest, it's Rigoni. His shots will eventually start falling. I mean, he's... He has the most three-pointers ever in Quinnipiac Bobcats history for a reason. He's he's a killer when he's on. Uh, now having 100 starts with Quinnipiac, uh, they call him Mr. Bobcat. <laughs> so I'm definitely not concerned when it comes to Jacob Peroni. No, no, he's going to bounce back big time. All right, I have a very interesting question for you, Keith. I'm ready for <laughs> this it. This might, might be a little tricky. So if you had to pick one, which one of these three options matters the most to the Bobcats this year? Option one, Taimu Chenery's defense. Number two, Matt Belonk's scoring. Or number three, Tyrese Williams' shooting. It's a tough one. Belonk's been a big part. Williams' shooting has been amazing over 60% from three, but it's going to come down. Taimu Chenery's defense. He has been phenomenal, especially in the Holy Cross game. Baker Dunleavy told him he was going to guard the top scorer, the freshman of the week of the Patriot League. He shut him down for about the first few minutes. He couldn't score at all then. Yeah, another player, Marsdale, is starting to break out. And coach said, all right, we need you to guard him. Chenery guards him. He couldn't score on Chenery either. Chenery's defense has been phenomenal. Once they play those 
top Mac opponents. It's going to come down to him with his defense and momentum. Keep going. So he's going to, I predict him having the most fouls by the season because that's what great defenders do. But Tamu Chenry's defense is going to win them ball games. I agree with you that Chenry's defense is huge. Um, he definitely shut down Luke and Martindale, like you said, in the Holy Cross game. However, if I had to choose one of these three options, I'm choosing Tyrese Williams' shooting. Williams is shooting 15 of 25 from the field and 13 of 20 from three-point range. That's 60% and 65% respectively. That is a phenomenal start to the season. Uh, he was also 6 of 10 from the field against number 21-ranked Maryland and their very impressive defense. The Bobcats overall have done a great job of setting off-ball screens to give Williams open looks, and he's obviously been very successful so far. I see them continuing to do this. And Williams is shooting at a very high volume and shooting really well. So if Williams is three-point shooting and mid-range shooting and, you know, shooting from the field overall continues, that is very, very crucial for this Bobcats team. That's only a big part, too. Matt belonged to... He wasn't playing like himself in the first... In the third game, like how he was in the first two. Big part of his scoring was off the dribble. goes off the dribble and shoots that mid-range where... And that Holy Cross can even shoot a single mid-range shot. He's also a great cutter like Time with Chenery, but he needs to do some dribbles, get that mid-range shot, and he'll be able to score. Now, you predicted the women's team to win the MAC in the regular season. Do you think they have a chance to win the MAC? This no team? I think it's less than 3%. I don't think they have a chance at all. But one big reason why everybody, a lot of people have been hyped about the Kevin Marfield coming back, but the biggest thing I noticed about him where you won't see in the stats at all he doesn't communicate on defense. That's his biggest problem so far going the season. A few times, Holy Cross and Western New England were able to capitalize, or they got the open shot but couldn't score. When you play some of those good teams in the MAG, Kevin Marfo has to communicate, say, hey, hedge, hedge here, hedge hunter, what do you want to do? Basically, he has to say switch. Kevin Marfo needs to communicate, and I know Baker Dunleavy saying the same thing to him. Once he communicates... He's nice in the post. Once he goes to the post on defense, not many people can score on him. You saw it, especially in Holy Cross. But uh, biggest part, Kevin Marfo needs to communicate. Even if that happens, I still don't see them winning in the max. See them maybe being a seventh seed at best. I'm one guy I need to talk about who has been phenomenal. He's not the tallest guy under six foot, but it's Desi Jones. Desi Jones is a star, sophomore. He, transferred from a community college now he's a star on division one team are you kidding me jones is going to be a great player for the next few years to come and right now he's been looking great offensively scoring small small guard and the quickness is difficult to guard well after that desi jones talk from keith thank you all for listening to the second episode of mic'd up a qbsn podcast presented by 98.1 WQAQ. Listen in every week on Friday at noon. Be sure to follow QBSN on all social platforms at QBSN on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And be sure to listen to our broadcasts either on ESPN, GoBobcats.com, or MixLR.com slash QBSNT. Until next time, QBSN always stays mic'd up.